0: episode 102 a portrait of the artist as a young woman i'm morgan shortle and you're listening to the march 10th 2010 podcast from the kansas historical society in this podcast museum staff reveal the story behind the story about artifacts featured on the cool things section of our website kshs.org Have a favorite article of clothing from our childhood, a favorite sweater, pair of sneakers, or maybe something a bit more fancy. The Kansas Museum of History has a rather large collection of clothing and children's clothes make up a good portion of it. Join curator Laurel Fridge and me as we take a look at a child's dress from the turn of the last century. This dress was worn by a girl who would later become a prolific Kansas artist. And then, with St. Patrick's Day just around the corner, we asked you to connect William Allen White to one of our favorite Irish actors, Colin Farrell, and we received a solution from one of our listeners. Stay tuned to see how your answer matches up. Did Mr. White have a bit of Hollywood bad boy in him? Find out when we play Six Degrees of William Allen White. But first, a portrait of the artist as a young woman. Good morning. And today we're talking about a child's dress from our collection. And if listeners would like to see an image of the dress, they can go to our website, kshs.org. But for those folks who haven't seen it yet, can you
1: describe the dress for us? Sure. It's a silk brown patterned dress, and in the center part, it's sort of a orange silk pleat. And there's also a patterned silk brown jacket with a really high collar that sort of goes over that orange piece. And it is a child's dress, I'd say, maybe for a six-year-old child or so. So mm-hmm. it's, it's quite tiny um, and quite cute then as a result of that.
0: Yeah, it is very cute. Is um, Would this have been a traditional... It seems kind of fancy for a six-year-old. Would it right. have been worn for celebrations or was um, just running around the house?
1: Well, we we have a... Picture of the of Avis Chitwood who owned the dress, mm-hmm. wearing it in what we call a um, a. Oh, I'm, actually, I'm blanking on what they're called <laughs> right now off the top of my head, uh, but we have a photograph of her wearing the dress, and it's a very formal portrait of her. Okay, and so it was probably bought with that sort of thing in mind, and then also special ceremonies. So who knows, maybe um, she might have worn it as a confirmation dress or for a fancy party, something like that. And uh, who was Avis Chitwood? Well, she was a Topeka artist who was really well known for her drawings, sketches, and paintings having to do with Kansas, in particular wildlife and also uh, rustic buildings. And um, she originally was born in Mound City, and then she went to Kansas City, where she sort of learned how to do painting and similar things like that. And after her time in Kansas City, she ended up moving to Topeka, where she furthered her studies at KU, and eventually she ended up teaching courses at Washburn, so... She pretty. She had a very long career, and she ended up doing a lot more than just painting. She moved on to doing things like engraving and mm-hmm. other things like that. And when was she? What time period was she working? She actually ended up um, creating art for about a hundred years or so. She was. She was born in 1893, and um, she didn't die until 1994. So oh, she wow. led a. She had a very very long life, and. Um, we have a story from her father of her being about three or four years old and already just picking up a piece of chalk and immediately just showing an incredible talent for what she was doing for someone of her age. So Cool. And uh, can you talk about her artwork? What kind of artwork does she produce? Sure. Um, for a while she worked for the Kansas Highway Commission and what she did for them was drawing perspective drawings. So there would be Someone who would go out and survey a piece of land and they would write all kinds of notes about it, where the trees were, things like that. And they would turn those notes over to her, and from those notes, she would draw drawings of what they might have looked like. So she did that for quite a long time, and she really enjoyed etching a lot, and she said that. In fact, that um, the strong ha- contrast of black and white has a dignity and a strength that appeals to me. So that was really what she ended up focusing on for most of her life as an artist. And one of her engravings titled "Carousel" ended up being exhibited at the Nelson Atkins Museum of Art. So she, you know was, like I said, you know fairly well known. Excellent. And do we have any of Chitwood's art in our collection? Yeah, we do. We have two still-life paintings that she did. Okay. And how did the museum acquire this dress? Well, Avis had a niece named Janice Gartrell, and when her aunt died, Janice inherited a lot of her aunt's items, including the dress that we have. And when Janice eventually passed away, the museum seemed just like the best place to hold on to Avis's things. So that's how... We got them. Great. And okay, last
0: question. Okay. Have you saved any of your childhood clothes to donate to the museum when you become famous?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm an only child, so my mom practically has a museum filled with my old clothes already. <laughs> I feel your pain. I mean, yeah. Um, in fact, one of my aunts calls it a shrine to me. Um, but uh, I suppose there are a couple of uh, choice items that my mom has held on to. Um, there's a sailor, little girl's sailor dress that she has. Um, a Davy Crockett hat with a real raccoon tail on. Oh, it. I
0: don't know about I- um Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. You, that's, that's great. You should uh, pull those out sometime.
1: Yeah, and um, I, I'm originally from Wisconsin, so there's a cute little Milwaukee Brewers baseball jacket um, that I pretty much wore to death, but she still held on to great. it. Great. So.
0: Well, thanks for stopping by. Well, thank you. for another round of 6 degrees of William Allen White. Joining me today is museum director Bob Eisen. Hello. And assistant registrar or I'm sorry, registrar Nicholas Zimmerman. <laughs> Hello. Well, next week is St. Patrick's Day With the last names of Zimmerman and Eisen. you two are obviously prepared <laughs> for this topic.
2: Yeah, right. uh, yeah I thought about it, was looking at St. Patrick's Day and thought, you know, maybe you should have us back for October first.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, do either of you with your obviously non-Irish names you know, thing special for saint patty's day well
3: what? is wearing green good enough well sure that's something but actually the zimmerman side of the family there's more irish there because my grandfather married into a hundred percent irish family ah. so they were charards and mars
2: <laughs> yeah well i get yeah. that a lot with keck eyes and people say oh irish name huh it's like no 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 because <laughs> <laughs> yeah my family my family's very german but my Uh, wife's family is all uh, Irish pretty much on her mother's side so actually we went back to Ireland a couple years ago and actually found one of her grandfather's relatives graves in this abandoned abbey in Ireland so that was kind of cool cool uh, so county mayo Hmm. But uh, that's as close to Ireland as I get. Morgan, do you do anything for St. Patrick's Day, Morgan?
0: Um, well, yes. I for the past ten years, I bartended every St. Patrick's Day. All right. So I am with my last name is Shortle, which yeah. is very Irish. Yeah. I we, I carry on the tradition. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no matter what your heritage heritage is, St. Patrick's Day is a big deal in this country. So in this episode, Six Degrees of William Allen White, we ask listeners to connect the Sage of Emporia with Irish actor Colin Farrell. And Bob, could you give us some background on one of People's Magazine's Sexiest (laughs) Men Alive?
2: Yes, he was one of the sexiest men alive a few years ago. I think he bumped me out of one of the last two (laughs) slots. Damn him! Anyway, but uh, Colin Farrell was born on May sixth, 1976 in Dublin, Ireland. And his father was a footballer, um, soccer, I think is more what yeah. we call it. But anyway, his, his dad was a footballer, and he, there was some thought that he might go into that, but um, he didn't. He, he went into acting. His dad, in addition to playing football, also ran a fish and chip shop in Dublin. So that's mm. very stereotypical. Wow. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, Colin attended school in Dublin, and he took classes at an acting school there, but dropped out when he was cast in the BBC TV series Ballicus Angel where some of our listeners might remember him as the character of Danny Byrne. Now, that's the first thing I ever saw him in. Mm-hmm. My wife and I were big Ballykay fans back when it ran in this country on PBS back in the 1990s. Uh, well, show. went on. Yeah, oh, it was a great show, yeah, and I think it's available on DVD, but mm-hmm. you, know, you might be able to check that out. I'll
0: have to out. check it out.
2: Yeah, it's great. Uh, that's one of the other places we visited when we went to Ireland. We specifically <laughs> went to the village where they filmed Ballykay. Cool. Went to Avoca and checked it out, mm-hmm. Eaton. Uh, Fitzgerald's pub. Anyway, (laughs) uh, back to Colin Farrell. Uh, He got one of his first film roles in 1999 in the Tim Roth-directed movie The War Zone, but he first came to widespread recognition with his role in Joel Schumacher's Tigerland. Uh, He got great reviews for that and he won the Boston Society of Film Critics Best Actor Award in 2000 for that. Uh, He's gone on to star in a number of movies, including Minority Report, The Recruit, uh, Daredevil, had the title role in Alexander, he reprised Sonny Crockett in Miami Vice. <laughs> <laughs> um, that seems
3: like a strange <laughs> he, <yeah>. digression. <laughs> a lot
2: of his movies, he he has to lose the accent. He mm-hmm. very rarely gets to use his Irish accent, but one that he did was In Bruges, which is mm. one of my favorite Colin Farrell I've movies. seen that one. Yeah, that's, that's a great film. Uh, and most recently, he was in Crazy Heart, which um, just this last Sunday, Jeff Bridges won Best Actor at the Academy Awards for that. And although he has pretty much settled down recently for many of his early years in Hollywood, <laughs> he was kind of a bad boy party animal. Uh, I think most notably suing his former girlfriend, who was a Playboy model, over <laughs> unauthorized release of a sex tape. Aww. Which always leads me to think, who would authorize of a sex tape? But anyway, uh, he seems to have settled down now and is one of the more respected actors in Hollywood. And as I said, it's one of, one of my favorites. So there you go. Colin Farrell. Great. And we also had somebody write in. Oh, wait. Oh, yes, we did. Yeah, we had a, we had a listener write yes. in with a solution. So, so y'all want to... What a surprise. <laughs> Thank you, listener. Steal Michaela's <laughs> thunder here. But, yes, we, we, we had a listener solution. Roger Heineken from William Allen White's hometown of Emporia sent a solution, uh, and he sent this in on our fan page on Facebook. So, remember, you can always check us out on Facebook. Well, anyway, uh, Roger writes... Colin Farrell is set to star in the film Dirt Music, based on the book written by Tim Winton. Both William Allen White and Tim Winton have youth awards in their names. So, I guess there's a (laughs) short, sweet solution, Uh you know, from from, uh, Colin Farrell to William Allen White through the book awards. Um, In addition to his solution, Roger went on to write... The William Allen Whites Children's Book Award recognizes reader-selected, quality children's literature and encourages reading and is geographically restricted to Kansas. The Tim Winton Young Writers Award, which is sponsored annually by the city of Subiaco, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Subiaco, Australia, offers children across the Perth metropolitan area the chance to develop and demonstrate their creative writing abilities. It's open to primary and high school age short story writers and each year compilations are published. so then he wraps up with, I'm sure this is not the expected answer. And yeah. that's okay, Roger. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we applaud unexpected <laughs> answers. We, we like that. Yes. So as Colin Farrell would say, fair play to you.
3: <laughs> <laughs> nice. <Yeah. laughs> Okay, cool. And Nicaela, do you have a different solution? I do. I feel I still have a little thunder left. Okay. (laughs) All right, so Colin Farrell starred in the 2009 film The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus with Christopher Plummer, and they also appeared together in the 2004 film Alexander, which Bob mentioned. In 2006, Plummer was um, one of the voices for a PBS documentary entitled Eugene O'Neill, a Documentary Film, which Catchy title, right? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) The film was about the life and work of the Nobel Prize winning playwright Eugene O'Neill. Eugene O'Neill was the son of James O'Neill, who was an Irish actor, much like Colin Farrell, known for his work in a stage adaptation of The Count of Monte Cristo. He began playing the role um, as a stock actor in Chicago as early as 1875 and appeared in it over 6,000 times. Wow. So, (laughs) Yeah, it got him criticized because people thought he sold out to make money by just playing one character. And then later in his life, he regretted it. But anyway, that's beside the point. Um, In 1885, O'Neill did a performance of Monte Cristo in El Dorado, Kansas. And William Allen White was a young 17-year-old typesetter for the local newspaper. He got um, a job as part of the stage crew for the performance um, as one of four boys waving a dirty gray canvas in the background behind O'Neill to mimic a billowing sea. (laughs) So um, in his autobiography, William Allen White um, jokingly wrote, without me and my fellow billowmakers, O'Neill's tragic scene would have been a failure. I hope his son Eugene today realizes that I helped his father in his climb to fame.
2: Wow. So, cool solution. solution. <laughs> I am
3: proud of that because that does not use a single person that we've used ever before <laughs> yeah. in a solution.
2: Well, it puts white right on the spot with yeah. part of the solution rather than somebody who knew somebody who's exactly. passed through town who knew somebody. Yeah. Not that Rogers wasn't a great one, too, but uh, that's a little more complicated than we usually have to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: well, excellent, Nicola And Bob, would you like to issue the challenge for the next episode?
2: Sure. Well, our next podcast will be in two weeks on March 24th. 4th which happens to be the birthday of a kansas-born silent film star so in honor of the birthday of the funniest person to come out of smith center kansas we're asking our listeners to connect william allen white to silent film star roscoe fatty arbuckle
0: great name okay so if you think you can connect william allen white to a silent film star who became as well known as a defendant and a sensational sensational murder trial as for as on-screen antics just send your solution to podcasts at kshs.org that's podcasts with an s episode 102, A Portrait of the Artist as a Young Woman. To see photos of Avis Chitwood's dress, go to our website, kshs.org, and click on Podcasts. If you are new to our podcast and would like to hear more, you can listen to every episode clear back to our first podcast in April of 2006. Just go to our website, kshs.org, and click on Podcasts. Our website is also THE place to find out everything that's happening at the Kansas Historical Society. You can research our collections, check out a calendar of events, find directions to our library, museum, and historic sites, and even become a member. Come back in two weeks when collection specialist Donna Rae Pearson tells us about some recently donated mineral samples. We're not a natural history museum, so what are we doing with rocks in the collection? Well, as Paul Harvey used to say, there's an interesting rest of the story behind these mineral samples. Join us in two weeks to find out. This podcast has been a production of the Kansas Historical Society. Real people, real stories.